What is going on, DC? This is Move the District, hosted by yours truly, Mike Yassin. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a physical therapist, and this podcast is dedicated to highlighting members of the Washington, DC health and fitness community and giving you the correct information with no BS to help you live a life that's active, healthy, and fulfilled. Welcome back to episode 16016 of Move the District. Today, I am lucky enough to be joined by the one and only Demi Yeager. Demi is an escapee from the political world turned fitness professional in all aspects. Group fitness instructor, Arms Theory head coach, and she owns and operates her own personal training and sales and operations consulting business. As a former logistics and campaign whiz, She's determined to show busy professionals that they do have time for health and fitness. Woo! That's what I'm talking about. Demi, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, doctor. That was, uh, I, I love the escapee. I know I told you this already, but I love your escapee from the political world turned fitness professional. Because I think there's a lot of people out there that probably feel the same way, that they're trapped in a sort of, you know, dead end job or just, you know, nine to five that they just like can't stand. And then you have to uh, just adapt. So tell me about, uh, tell me about that. Tell me, tell me, let's start with your story here. All right. So small town, Iowa girl went to college in Missouri, go Tigers. And Found myself on a gubernatorial race in 2016. Wasn't necessarily sure politics for me. I had an end goal of going to law school. So after the race, moved out to Washington, went to one day of law school at George Washington University and did not ever go back. So one one day, no way. One day, yeah. What, Uh, What happened on that one day that was so bad? Honestly, no offense to all my attorney friends out there, but it was extremely boring and I knew I just wasn't meant to spend hours staring at a book essentially for the rest, uh, or I guess for the next few years. So, um, got kind of a quick turn job after that working in fundraising and events and went on to a lobbying firm, which was probably one of my favorite jobs outside of what I do now in that I have a really great mentor there who I still keep in great contact with, went on to the White House, or to first to DOJ, to the Department of Justice, um, and then went on from there to the White House into the speech writing office. I was having a great time um, meeting people and building community and whatnot, but I just felt kind of trapped in, I guess you could say, by the four walls of just an office. For me, it, could have probably been anywhere. Um, and then found myself really desiring to just leave to go work out, which I'm sure some of you have probably felt before. You maybe felt so yourself, Mike, but oh yeah. I knew it was something I needed to do. So about two years ago, just kind of slash and burn, left, worked minimum wage, the front desk of Orange Theory, and here I am now. So so the law school, did that happen? while you were still working in the political world or was that after you had already cut from there? So we finished up with the primary election in Missouri and I moved out to DC right after that. And for me, I wasn't super into like the, the pol- like necessarily like the policy side of it, but I was mostly doing events and logistics and whatnot. So came out here, went to the one day and then, kind of jumped right back into events and logistics as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then you jumped to orange theory. Yes. So, so how did that go? Take me through the decision-making process of I'm done working in politics. I've, I've got a pretty cushy job. I'm, I'm doing all right for myself. I'm a rising star in the political world to, eh, I'm over this. I think for me, um, a big personality trait, and it might come from being in a small town where maybe you don't have a lot of decisions, being from a small town, I guess. Um, but when I make a decision, I am like hot and cold. I'm 
all in or I'm all out most of the time. So it had finally got to the point where I just had ginned up this great idea that I was going to go be a fitness instructor. Um, my friend Devin got me into Orange Theory. She had been a coach there for a while and I was taking classes all the time. Shout out to Devin. And yeah, shout out to Devin. Thanks, sis. And yeah, I just decided, I think that there's something that will be a little bit more flexible with my schedule, allow me to have a little bit more autonomy in what I want to do with my time and also allow me to really build communities of people around similar ideas and similar, I don't know, passions that aren't so divisive. <laughs> That's, I, I like that. Something that's a little bit more unifying. I like that. Exactly. Something I think we all probably need a little bit more of in this, uh, in these times. Exactly. So how did your previous career prepare you for this, this new one, this fitness endeavor you're on? So definitely long hours, right? Um, I think I snoozed my alarm at 3.45 this morning, Ooh. very confidently that I was going to wake up in nine more minutes. Um, Mine was 4.30. That's, that's pretty good. 3.45 is impressive. Yeah, it's very similar to being on the campaign trail. Um, you're essentially hustling, I guess is a term people use a lot, that you're this no days off mentality, which not necessarily saying I agree with it, but that is, you know, the ability to manage your own time, but also work with tons of different people, tons of different interests, abilities, backgrounds, definitely comes into play on both kind of ends of the career spectrum that I've had. And also the ability to build logistics, implement operations, plans, things of that nature. That's kind of more of what I'm doing um, now in the fitness world, but a lot of those same skills transfer over time management, building organizations, things of that nature. You, you mentioned before the desire to want to build a community. And I think that is something that probably you see on both sides there in terms of building a movement, something that like people can kind of get behind, whether it's political figure, whether it's exercise or healthy lifestyle. Uh, talk a little bit more about that. For sure. So when you're working at a place like Orange Theory, or I've been at Equinox as well too, a lot of times you're offering um, a very similar product to several other of your peers, right? You're, you're teaching that same workout. That's the glory of Orange Theory, right? That we've got um, the same product we like to call a brand consistency around the globe. So setting yourself apart, and I don't mean being a performer, right? Having the best music, uh, being the most charismatic. At times, it's hard to be the most charismatic person. And I think that translates over from politics as well. It's hard to be maybe the most excited person and whatnot. But the fact that you're offering consistently your empathy, your time, that you're giving those personal touches to members as far as you know, might be corrections, might be just listening to them, right? Sometimes people just want to talk to you. Absolutely. And, um, being available for them. I think now more so than ever, it's that essentially emotional labor, sociology major coming into play here, but uh, the emotional labor of being there for people definitely happens on both ends. And if you're good at that, if you've got the, the you know, the personal skills, to be there for people, it really helps you to build a community in fitness. I don't mean like a following, right? I mean, people who have your back, people who keep coming around for your class, for your programming, for your product, you know, to support your fundraising classes, to send you an Instagram DM, happy birthday, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like being in politics uh, or even just being a young adult in a big city, you're slightly isolated off from other people and the community that I have been brought into and also um, built really supports me, supports each other and helps to kind of chip away at the ice of the kind of coldness that can be <laughs> at this age. Oh, definitely. I think, you know, having that, that idea of like, kind of, it's not, you're not in it for yourself. 
and, and, and you're, you're in it for, for others and, and, you know, finding people with complementary skill sets where you're able to work together with people. I think that uh, goes a long way, you know, in terms of, you know, building that community where, you know, like you said, with the, the empathy, being able to show empathy. I mean, some of my favorite sessions are when people come in and we just talk for an hour. I, I feel like sometimes that's what happens with me. <laughs> I swear to God, people will come in and we'll just talk for an hour. They'll sit in the table or sit in a chair and we'll talk for an hour. And it could be about their training plan. It could be about their back pain. It could be, you know, it could be nothing. And, um, you know, it's like one of those things where we're able to like figure things out and kind of get to the root of the problem. It could be something where they're, you know, having a hard time finding motivation to work out. So we're like, all right, let's do a deep dive here and like figure out why you're not, why you don't want to work out. And I think that, um, you know, being able to show that and understand and like take time to listen to someone's problems where they probably don't get that anywhere in their life is a super powerful thing. The, uh, I believe it's the average doctor's visit in this country is eight minutes long. So like, think about like, you've had back pain for years, right? And you go in there, you're like, oh, I'm gonna go see this doc and he's gonna take care of me. And then within five minutes, you're, you're out the door. And you're like, wait, I didn't even get a chance to like tell you my story. <laughs> And you're done already. You're done. And I think, I think uh, the follow-up stat, I think it's um, 11 seconds uh, before a, a medical professional interrupts. When you, you, when you first start telling people your story, I think it's 11 seconds before they interject and cut you off. And uh, yeah. So like, imagine like you're all like excited to like tell your story and like finally get an answer to like why your back's killing you. And then this guy's like, Oh, okay. Well, it's because of this. And you're like, but I didn't even get to the part where I, you know, hurt my back running. And it's like, you're like, but what about this? And what about that? And they're like, oh, well, it's, it's gotta be this. It's gotta be this. And then you get shoved out the door and, uh, you know, you, you sometimes leave, you know, feeling more confused and upset and lost than you were when you walked through the door. So, um, and, and that goes, you know, you know, I, I'm using, uh, doctors uh, as an example here, but that definitely goes in the fitness world as well. I think that goes hand in hand for the health and fitness world where you go into a, a, a training session with someone and, and they have issues, they have goals, they have, you know, whatever it is, they have a history of injury that they need to share with you instead of just, you know, being like, all right, let's go, let's jump in here. Let's, let's get on the bike and then let's do some burpees and, and let's do this, that, and the other thing. And you're like, um, you know, wh where, where do I go? Like, like, what do I do? And, and then you end up like, you're like, wow, like I'm, I'm messed up. And you end up like in this place where, um, you know, you are uh, just like lost even more. Exactly, exactly. That can definitely happen in group fitness, and that's something um, I frequently, you know, when I'm training new instructors, which is a role that I hold um, in Orange Theory is training new um, coaches, is that you've got to know their name, right? You've got oh. to know every member. Oh, yes. And even if you got to come up with a game to remember it, but we've got – What's your trick? It's 2020, right? We've got all the technology that you need um, to be able to be successful in making people feel at home. And mm -hmm. I don't mean that you need to, you know, be my friend on Facebook. I don't know if people use Facebook anymore. We, um, we are not friends on Facebook, but or are we? If you need to, you know, follow me on Instagram or anything like that, you know, it's if you've been spending hours of your life with me and you choose me as your instructor to help you on something that's really personal, right? Fitness, weight loss, strength gain, whatever it might be. It is my duty to know you. Yeah. And that's anytime I've ever, um, you know, felt like I was struggling or felt like I was having a bad day, always falling back on these members are here for a product and they're here for the workout or whatever it might be. Maybe it's a one-on-one -on -one session, but you've got to offer it to them. It's not about you. So what's, what's your secret to remembering people's names? So I like to do a lot of back work. I'm a big studier. If you will, we can look on our online reservation software and see folks names. Um, shout out to the front desk and any gym I've ever worked at that has a photo on someone's account. Um, <laughs> shout out to the members that actually allow us to take their photo. All right. Uh, members. But it's also going up to them. If you, 
I'm from a really small town. I've coached Orange Theory classes, large, like larger in number than the people that were in my, you know, ninth grade class. So, <laughs> um, shout out to Boston, right? So many people out there. But shout out to Boston. Um, all that to say is that it's you can't be in a town of a thousand people and not know everyone. So it's just that Midwesterner, I guess, trait in me um, that if I haven't if I haven't seen you before. Or I don't remember. I'm gonna say, you know, hey Mike, or hey, good to see you again. Um, bring it in like that. Just gotta kind of break the ice with people, especially uh, nowadays. We're welcoming a lot of people back from the shutdown, making oh, yeah. people feel like they're right back at home again. People just want to be seen and, exactly. and and acknowledged. I think so. Like going out of your way, because I think that's something I've done in the past. Like maybe not like while I'm working, but like when I'm not working. I'm very into like my own like personal time where, where like if I'm in the gym here, like I don't want to say hi to anyone, but like if I'm here, like I should go out of my way and say hi, you know, and, 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 and ask how they're doing, check in, you know, whether they're a patient or a former patient or just someone I, you know, I know in the gym just to say hi to them. I think, um, you know, like having that, like, you know, opportunity to just like make a little conversation with them. I think that goes a long way uh, just towards people's overall mental health. Now people who like, haven't been around other people for like the last five months <laughs> are, you know, now, um, you know, coming back out and they, they want to like, they are craving that social interaction. So a lot of times people just be like, they're looking for it. So we just have to give it to them. How, how to win friends and influence people. That's my, one of my favorite books. And I think, uh, th there's a, a men they mentioned Franklin, uh, FDR in the, in the book about how he had this trick for remembering people's names where he would first always repeat the name back. And then as soon as he walked away from that person, he would write their name down and one fact about that person. And that was how he remembered people's names. And I always thought that was like an interesting way to do it. And then, uh, that is interesting. Yeah. And then one of the coaches here at district CrossFit, he will remember people's name. He's so good at it. He'll remember people's names by when someone comes in, he'll like go out of his way to say their name several times. And then he'll introduce them to other members of the class. So that like, A, he keeps saying their name, like Demi, this is Mike. Demi, this is John. Demi, this is Joe. And like this way. I didn't he, hate your own name. <laughs> he know, exactly. So he remembers your name. And at the same time, he's introducing you to other people in the class so that you feel more welcome. And one stone. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I think it's an awesome way to like do that. And I think that's something like when I do like workshops, I want to like start trying to incorporate more is like remembering people's names. Cause when you do these, like some of the workshops we do, it's like you start to see, you know, anywhere from like five to 30 people in a workshop and you're like, want to remember everyone's name. <laughs> yeah. At Orange Theory, I am definitely known as I or hopefully this is the good thing I'm known for is knowing people's names um, and associating it with the effort that they're giving me in class. Maybe, you know, Miller is an excellent rower or, you know, Amanda's really fast on the treadmill or, you know, associating it that way. And I definitely call people out on the microphone by name over and over again. My goal is to always have every single name twice in the class, but it's gotta be genuine. So you gotta oh. be working that's that's pretty good uh, um i my favorite is like on the zoom workouts when you get called out on a zoom workout you'll be like at home and you're like not really do, like by yourself and all of a sudden it's like come on mike and you're like oh shit you see me <laughs> i've done like a few like virtual workshops and people will like either turn their cameras off or like will kind of like disappear out of the camera i'm like hey john where are you i lost you exactly yeah um so people i know people really appreciate that um now, one thing you mentioned earlier when you were giving your intro, you talked about moving to Washington. And I know, I know people have always talked about the two sides of DC. There's the DC side and there's the Washington side. And you know, the Washington side being the more political side and then DC being the more creative, uh, you know, more the culture here of the city. And I think you've probably gotten a good chance to experience um, both sides. Of, of that divide. How do you go about, you know, we go back to creating communities between those two sides in terms of on the political side, on the, you know, that business professional side, but also on the creative side as well. 
for sure. I guess I've never heard of that before, but I <laughs> like the idea, right? That we've got, um, I mean, I guess maybe I do and I don't like the idea. I like a unified city. Right. Um, well, that's the thing. It's like, there. Yeah, I like a unified city too, but I think there is like the people who move here for politics and then they are only concerned about like what's going on on the hill what's happening here what's doing that and then there's like the people i'm sorry no i was saying and then there's people that are just you know here for you know or, or from here or here for other reasons whatever it is and like they appeal to like that other side of dc so actually um i think i left out a part of my story oh. which was that i bartended in dc oh. pretty much from day one moving here at a place that doesn't exist anymore called chinese disco chinese right. disco that's where I met Devin, who um, got me into fitness, and my best friend Miller. Um, Shout out Devin and Miller. And I think because of that, I have essentially been in these two sides, the Washington and the D.C. side, since day one. I love to be busy, and that's such a characteristic of this city. It's always being busy. It doesn't matter if you're, I guess, Washington or D.C., uh, that you're – People love to be busy. They love to feel like, you know, they've got a goal. They're working on something. But I feel like sometimes people love to talk about how busy they are, which <laughs> is never good for your mental health. Uh, is that you? Is that you? Are you one of those people? I've told you how – I don't think I usually tell anyone that I'm busy, mostly that I'm tired. Um, and that happens frequently. Just tired. Um, that's all. Exactly. But I think navigating essentially – the two different career areas or the two different, you know, paths that I've had in Washington or DC, um, kind of come, they kind of merge together in fitness. I think that a lot of times there's like an equalizing factor of being in a group fitness workout where you can kind of leave your job or whatever is going on, like at the door and come on in and just have a really great hour of your day. I know a lot of my, um, the members at Orange Theory people I've worked with um, in politics, uh, reporters that I used to avoid. Uh, and a lot of times people will, would like it from the beginning would be really surprised when they'd see me at Orange Theory. And they're like, where'd you go? Um, and I guess it goes back to the I'm all in or all out type of deal um, with decisions that I make. But I try, you know, as often as possible to kind of take my past working in politics, working with really busy people. Like it's the fact of the matter that the city is busy, right? Where mm -hmm. legislation impacts the entire country, but um, helping like we um, talked about before, like at my intro, right? Um, that I wanna help those people realize that you've got space for this, realizing that you've got space for the fitness, for the for wellness, for taking care of yourself. I think sometimes that's where um, the dividing line is people who make time for themselves and people who might not. Fair enough. I think Chinese disco is probably one of those uniting, uh, uniting places where people from, uh, both sides of the city can, can come together, uh, and, and uh, enjoy themselves no matter what. Have All you right. ever go there? Oh, I, I've been there before. Yes. Yes. Okay. I mean, it was, I mean, it's, you heard it here first people. Yes, I, it's, I wouldn't put it as like the number one dive bar I've, I've been to in D.C., but what's, what's the best dive bar in D.C.? Oh, I'm so boring. Um, yeah, give me one. I couldn't even tell you. A dive bar. Um, I mean, Mason Inn was really good back in the day. Mason Inn also doesn't exist anymore. Oh, I've never even heard of that one. They were owned by the same people as Chinese. Oh, gotcha, uh, gotcha. Yeah. I guess I'll have to go find a dive bar. Oh man, yeah. I'll that. Uh, yeah, we got to. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll fix that. We'll fix that. Okay. Um, the Raven Grill is mine, for the record. Okay. The Raven okay. Bar and Grill, which and for the record is not a grill, is not a grill. It's not a grill. Okay. The only food they serve there are potato chips, but they still maintain the name. Hopefully, they survive COVID. Um, yes. So uh, talk to me now about, you know, you jumped from, you know, nine to five into fitness. Who were some of your mentors? Who were some of your role models? Um, who are the people you, you look up to and look to, you know, for advice? For sure. So I mentioned earlier, um, 
I had worked at a, a lobbying firm, bipartisan lobbying firm downtown. And my old boss there is still one of my biggest mentors to this day. Probably doesn't know it. Um, but <laughs> I, I think I was texting him like, or emailing or reaching out, sending a carrier pigeon pretty much every day for a month before I made my decision to, to switch careers. Mm-hmm. And for the people who knew I essentially withdrew from law school, uh, <laughs> not necessarily surprised that I like to kind of shake it up a little bit. Um, I was pretty surprised with how supportive my mom was and really uh, did go to her with a lot of it. Uh, she was big in the politics world and, uh, or at least very interested in them. Uh-huh. Uh, and she was really proud of me. And I think that was really hard um, to understand how proud my family was of me from a small town in Iowa where, I mean, one different decision in my life and I could still be, you know, just doing something completely different. Oh yeah. So it was really nice. She sent me, I should have found the card. It's very nice. It can sometimes be a little bit ooey gooey. And she sent me a very nice card her and my grandmother both did that just said we're going to support you in whatever you want to do we might not understand but you do like to go to the gym a lot so i guess we'll figure it out is that, uh, what, is that what the card said um yeah i think it said we realize you go to the gym a lot no i have no idea um exactly the verbiage but it was it was very very kind um and i have it i kept it to this day uh-huh. um we I guess in the fitness industry, like my friend Devin, like I mentioned before, she was a fitness coach. But honestly, I was just kind of moving over into that world. Um, we had our head coach at Orange Theory helps me out a lot, but I learned a lot of stuff on my own and from just being in the community. And I learned a lot of stuff from people all around town, Solid Core, Cut Seven, Bash Boxing in Arlington. I wanted to take class from all of the best instructors and find out what they had that made them excellent. And that's still the best advice I give to new coaches when I'm training them. Uh, I love that. I think that's great. Go take class, build a community. It's, it's not orange theory versus Equinox versus solid core versus whatever else it's, you know, we're all in this together. And especially now, um, a good friend of mine in the fitness community gave me a piece of advice the other day that a lot of times, especially with the reopening, we, like you mentioned earlier, might be one of the only people that others see that the members or clients see outside of their immediate home. Big time. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world. And we're offering them a semblance of what life might have been like before and that's not to be ignored with the emotional toll that it takes on fitness instructors um and not seeing people you used to see all the time right i used to have a class of like 40 potentially even 50 people and now we've got about 12 um and that's so safe right but um outside of that it can be a little bit challenging from having that large community so i guess kind of circling that back to the inspiration is that, or the mentorship would be leaning on your peers and knowing that you're not competing with these people. These people are your family and these people are going to help you to have opportunities. They're going to help you to move forward um, in your career, but also building great friendships that um, of a pretty tight knit or pretty like small community in DC. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the, you know, that growth mindset, you know, I think I've, I've talked about in the show a lot is that, you know, the city has 700,000 people in it, you know, something like that. And you know, it is over, you know, a million just in the DMV area around us. Like there's enough to go around for everybody. Exactly. And you, <laughs> you got- know, there's enough between, you know, Equinox and, and Orange Theory and, and Vita and, and whatever, Soul Cycle, whatever, whatever you want to throw in there that like, there's enough to appeal to people, you know? Um, and it, it's the same same thought process, you know, I have with physical therapy where it's like there are a ton of people out there who, you know, have pain on a daily basis. And it's like we can help all those people, you know, together versus like instead of competing for like, you know, this small 5%, it's like, well, let's go after everybody uh, together 
and we'll make a lot more of a difference. If we're helping people get better, they'll tell their friends. Same thing with you. Like if you get someone in for a great workout, they're going to tell their friends and it's just going to continue to grow. And you know, there's enough there for everybody to succeed instead of, you know, having to like be the only one that succeeds. And the flip side of that is you shouldn't want everyone to like you or you shouldn't want to make everyone like you, I guess should be more of what I'm trying. I'm not going to be for everyone. I know that I've yeah. learned that. Um, I think I learned that at a pretty early age. So, <laughs> um, and, but just being okay with that. And it might not be you, right? It's not taking it personally. It can be hard when you're the one on the microphone or you're the one programming the workout or, um, you know, pivoting to zoom, even that you're not going to be for everyone. And you got to know that you just got need to do what's best for the people that are coming to you for your expertise. Move the District is sponsored by Big League Performance and Rehab. At Big League Performance and Rehab, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active during the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better. Head to bigleagueperformanceandrehab.com to see how we can help you stay active for life. Yeah, I think that's one of those things where you kind of find, you know, you find your tribe kind of where, where, you know, you find your people that are going to, you know, have the same values, beliefs as you, same attitudes as you, where, you know, if I curse in the middle of a session, like, that's who I am, you know, and, and, and like, if I, if you're not comfortable with that, then, you know, we're probably, to be honest with you, like, no offense, but we're probably not the right, you know, match for each other. And, and, you know, and, and so, you know, it's finding, you know, people who are gonna, you know, and then it's like, you know, for me, like people who, who have goals, people who are motivated, like if you don't have a goal, if you come in here and you're, you've got shoulder pain and your only goal is to not have shoulder pain, well then guess what? You know, this isn't probably the right place for you. You can go to pivot down the street. Um, you know, I think my big, um, I guess a hallmark of a good client for me is, or I guess maybe what I look to avoid, right? You want someone that has goals, not someone that doesn't have goals. Um, and I, I like to look for people who are willing to have a good relationship with fitness, right? I've definitely come from a place where fitness wasn't necessarily, I wasn't necessarily doing it because I loved it and because I was grateful that my body can move, right? Sometimes people find themselves in this place where they're using essentially fitness to reprimand themselves. Um, Yeah. I, if you have that already, excellent. If you're coachable and you're willing for me to help you realize that if you wake up and you can move your body, that is step one for having a great day. Right. Um, And if you're willing to at least hear me out on that, we're going to be a great pair. And if, if you're not like, we might not be for each other and that's fine. There you go. There you go. Talk to me now a little bit more about, I know you, you obviously have been and continue to be pretty involved with Arnt's theory, but I know you do some more training. Talk to me about how you've um, managed to grow that over the years. For sure. So I started training a couple of clients um, because I am a certified personal trainer um, outside of Orange Theory. We do require that Orange Theory coaches have, um, like a certain level of certification. So, um, going through that, I like that. I, I like that. Uh, had, um, had a couple of clients originally just that I met, um, through the fitness world and were looking for a little something extra. And so I started working with them. And then I remember, I think I posted an Instagram story and said, and my friend, um, encouraged me to do so and said, I'm taking on three clients. I didn't know how many clients I was taking on. I was like, three sounds like a great number. Um, so I said, I'm taking on three clients and one of my like most long-term or like longest standing ice client um, to this day, we still see each other twice a week. She reached out to me and said, you know, I, I'm not gonna say her name, right? But um, she said, I've been nervous to ask someone that I know is a certified trainer if they're taking on clients like but I really trust you and her saying that to me is the motivating factor behind my personal training business is that I want to help people 
that trust me. And, um, in, you know, building that trust with people. And I like to tell people that I take on lifestyle clients, um, not people who want to work out all day, every day, um, <laughs> people who, people who have goals, but people who are also looking to like build a healthier lifestyle rather than, all right, coach Demi, like I'm going to the beach in four weeks. Let's get to it. Um, right, right, right. Like, the yeah. quick fixes, the people who, yeah. who want to like lose quick a quick, fixes. who want to lose a quick 10 pounds. Yeah. Not for me. Um, it's just not a super safe mindset sometimes to have. And so I started with that one Instagram post and it, it grew from there. I was training people out of their apartment gyms, their office gyms. Um, you know, the shutdown happened and quick pivot, right? Everything online. I'm sure several people have told, have talked about this with you, um, on here in person sessions, whatnot, but for someone who thrives, on being around a lot of people um, for work at least um, it was really hard and for the people that for my clients that were expecting I guess like zoom classes and whatnot I just couldn't get into it I honestly yeah. couldn't. Um, so I do a lot of zoom one-on-one -on -one sessions I still do to this day and I offer it um, to my long-term clients um, I do take on a couple new clients every now and again on zoom but just as an option, right? People don't quite, um, or not everyone isn't at the same point of being comfortable with doing group fitness, one-on-one, -on -one, in-person, outdoors, whatever it might be. And so working with your clients to figure out what's going to work well for them, but also having boundaries. Um, and I think this goes for everyone in <laughs> COVID times is having boundaries and understanding where you can be the most effective as a coach, as a trainer going on. So um, I've been training clients in Northwest DC since the gyms have reopened, doing a little bit of online and also taking my experience from the campaign world, logistics, events, sales. Um, Cause I also work the, you know, the front desk at orange theory and have, but mostly from like the campaign experience to help other, you know, small businesses in the area with their growth um, and new concepts and whatnot in this, this new reality. What does that look like? So a lot of sales and ops, um, integrated marketing plans, figuring out how to get people in the door pretty much. And, make people feel safe and at home and still deliver a really good product that people want to come back for. And I think that it allows me to really tap back into those, you know, skills that it requires to work in politics, to work, I guess, in politics or in an office setting um, on the campaign trail uh, creating a plan that you can replicate yeah. that's going to be successful for a very, very particular group of people or a very, very specific business model. So that's been something I've been working on, um, honestly, for the last couple of months. And I'm really through that, I guess, I'm really excited to get to work with such high level fitness professionals in town that own their own businesses and that really offer something great to their community. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think um, that's one of the things I think you see with a lot of fitness professionals that I think, especially now, because I think, you know, you see more and more people going into business for themselves right now, which I think is awesome. But a lot of them have that uh, operator mindset. Have you, have you ever read uh, The E-Myth? I haven't. You should definitely read The E-Myth. Okay. Um, and, and they talk about like, you know, having this, uh, mindset where like, you're just focused on, you're like, I'm a trainer, so I'm going to open up a training business and I'm just going to train people. And like, that's great. But like, you don't take into account anything else where you're exactly. like, Oh, how do I, you know, handle my operating expenses? How do I handle marketing? How do I get clients? Like, like, how do I, you know, keep in touch with people and like all these things that like, you're like, you don't think about. And there's so much more to that so much more to it than just like, you know, for me, like opening up a PT practice and being like, all right, I'm going to help people. It's like how, you know, what else goes into it? And, uh, and I think a lot of people don't necessarily realize 
what yeah. goes into, you know, how you said having a business plan versus just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. Exactly. And a lot of times, you know, I've seen, you know, there's not one way to do everything, but over the years from the different, you know, jobs I've had, the different experience that I've had in fitness or outside of fitness, um, in the corporate political world, I've seen a lot of things that really work and kind of putting those all together. It helps to have the photographic memory, photographic memory. Exactly. As a former scheduler, like let me handle your schedule for you. Um, not necessarily great at scheduling myself for like, I don't know, fun things. Other people. It's great. All in due time. Um, but a lot, I guess sometimes people ask me if I've, if I've regret ever working like my old career and whatnot. And absolutely not. I learned so much in such a short amount of time from really great operatives. Um, who, you know, gave us a lot of free reign to learn, right? And sometimes making mistakes or um, trying your hand at several different things is how you actually learn how to do something the most efficient or effective way. And so I'm able to kind of bring that into my business, into helping, again, whether it's helping busy professionals essentially work out um, or helping business busy professionals be more productive and successful. Like you're busy. I got your back. What's, what's the biggest thing you've learned for yourself uh, in terms of, of developing a business? I think mapping out your commitments. Cause I do, I mean, I do a lot of different things, mapping out your commitments and not, over committing, kind of going back to the boundaries thing, because I'm only as effective as the amount of time I have to help. Right. Whether that's my clients, business partners, uh, my colleagues um, at Orange Theory or, you know, in Equinox, something like that, like the ability to sub for people. Um, you know, I want right. to be able to be helpful uh, in all aspects. So just making sure you've kind of got time there. Yeah, it's, it's tough because I think right now with COVID, especially, you know, going back to April and May, like you're trying, oh, every gym, you know, is like trying to communicate as much as possible with their members. And it just kind of be like, we're here, we're doing this, we're doing that. We're offering online classes, we're offering socially distant classes, whatever it might be. And you're trying to like communicate as much as possible. But then like, at what point is it too much? At what point do you draw that line where you're like, all right, like I'm trying to be available for you. But like, I don't want you calling me at, you know, 11 o'clock on a Friday night. Exactly. Um, no, I totally agree with that. And I think that um, I make, I have this joke that I have, um, that I like try to avoid, you know, I was trying to avoid being on social media a lot during quarantine, uh, which didn't really happen, but I did try. Um <laughs> And tried. That's, that's, honestly, that's what matters. The thing that kept me going back to it is the very sweet, heartfelt, caring messages from clients around the board, any gym I've worked at, reaching out, hey, this must be hard for you. And I would say nine times out of 10, I said the phrase, I'm so fine. I'm doing fine. Um, not necessarily doing fine. Fine, but, like the like, uh, like the meme, the meme of the uh, the what is it, the dog in the the dog in the fire room. in the fire bar. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is fine, but yeah, this is fine. It was it was great to have people like constantly caring, um, and I think it just like that alone. The last what six months um, really showed me that. The community that I invest 40, 60, 80 hours a weekend has my back. And that's something that you might not find anywhere else. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of when you talk about over scheduling yourself and over community, what do you, what do you do to, what do you use for scheduling? How do you do that? So Google calendar, color code, everything, color code it. If you're worried, Schedule everything. And this is what I tell all my clients. If you do not schedule your workout and you're one of those people that has a calendar, you're probably not going to do it. Uh, 
I, when I was a scheduler um, back in the day, mm-hmm. I would put even the most mundane things on my boss's calendar if I felt like they weren't being committed to them. Um, yeah. Eating a meal <laughs> it, or, you know, you know, you have this call to make, it doesn't matter. A lot of times people view their workouts or view their, you know, maybe like not time sensitive things as such, right? As not time sensitive. But if you make it a commitment to yourself, a calendar invite, if that's something that you use, mm-hmm. you're probably going to stay with it. Um, so I always color coat my workouts black on my calendar. So I actually do them and my PT sessions. Hell yeah. Because uh, they're commitments that I'm going to stay with. Um, and then everything else, just making sure that you're communicating with anyone. Um, a big thing I work on with my clients is, you know, keeping our keeping our sessions because a lot of times people's lives right now are so in flux. Mm-hmm. And I work with people to, you know, make it very clear, like we've got this set up. This is when it has to happen, helping people establish their own personal boundaries and then helping people kind of execute those. Um, And I say that I treat my clients the same way I treat myself as far as staying on top of commitments, scheduling things that you might not see as a priority, uh, but making sure you're making time for them. But the Google calendar, super helpful. (laughs) Take me through a conversation you might have with a client when you're having trouble keeping those commitments or when they're having trouble keeping those commitments. For sure. So a lot of times um, people that have maybe like a, you know, like a pretty like collaborative office setting where people can see other people's calendars. um, I tell them, put it on there and mark it whatever it needs to be marked. That's going to make people stay out of your business. Um, Make it private. That usually keeps people out of your business. Uh, But Leaving your phone at home um, or leaving your phone away, I tend to not let people bring their, I mean, like if you've got a fire going on somewhere, maybe, but um, maybe, maybe, maybe if there's a fire. We'll rock, paper, scissors it out. Um, But outside of that, it's, hey, I don't have a lot of time either. And I know you don't have a lot of time. Let's talk about how we can make the most out of three 50 minute sessions a week and you're going to put them on your calendar. We're going to stay consistent. And you know, this is so typical these days. I'm sure you've seen people say this all over the internet, but it's like the motivation isn't always going to be there. But if you're relying on motivation, you're probably the one thing that's standing in your way between wherever you're trying to get and wherever you are right now. So making people understand, making my clients understand that, it's a commitment to themselves. Um, I also do a lot of like remote programming for people mm-hmm. um, and working with people on essentially, I just give them a workout for a week and yeah. six workouts and they're supposed to do it. And I tell them the same thing, book it on the calendar and invite me. Like I'm going to be there and let's get it done. Are and you there? For people. And usually they like wean off of that and they don't, they don't need me to do that anymore. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I think that's a big thing, you know, people always, you know, those, they say the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And exactly. I think you, you need people, Oh, I'm going to start working out. I'm going to start working out or, Oh, I'm going to come to you for physical therapy. I, I the, the number of times I've heard, if everyone came to see me after they told me that they were going to come see me, I would have comfortably sold this business and retired by now. <laughs> the number of people that have been like, Oh, I'm going to come see you. I got to come see you. Okay. Like I'm here. I'm ready when you are. And, and I'm sure you've heard the same thing. Like, Oh, I got to get back with you. I got to get back with you. And you're like, Okay. Usually the first, um, I learned this as a sales or as a sales, as like a campaign tactic. Usually the first time someone reaches out to you is going to be overriding, right? It's not as common for people to call anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. and also who has my phone number, but usually the first time someone reaches out to me, I say, Hey, what's your phone number? I'm going to give you a call. Oh yeah. And if they hear my voice telling them or any trainer's voice or whatever, they're trying to make a commitment with you if you have my ear and I have your ear, like we're probably going to be able to make more of a plan. Um, and I always let people usually I book like an hour with people before I ever train them. And I'm like, just dump everything on me. Just let it all out. 
And that really helps with building the trust and whatnot. Absolutely. I think that that first phone call, you know, we always, you know, we, the way we have it set up here at Big League is you can't book an appointment until you've talked to somebody on the phone. So we have them fill out a contact request form, send an email. And, and then at that point, you know, I used to do it. Now we have Allie that does it and she does a great job with it. Uh, just getting people's stories. And again, it goes back to the same, you know, you know, compared to like your average doctor's visit where, you know, any ND or really any PT place you call up and they go name, date of birth, social security number. All right. Thursday at three. Thanks. And then they hang up versus. Yeah. So why are you interested in physical therapy? Why, what, what, why now? Uh, what, what are your goals? You know, and getting a little bit of insight into, you know, the person themselves and letting the person feel heard for the first time and starts to set that expectation and it built the trust. That's the biggest thing is building the trust. Cause a lot of people we see, we're not the first people that they've seen in their, you know, in their plan of care. They, they've been to an MD, they've been to other PTs, Kairos, whatever. And, and then they, they come see us and they're like, why? Oh, this is like a last resort, you know, like, like, I'm not sure about this. Maybe we should, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. And then, you know, taking the time to have a 10, 15, 20 minute phone call with people, like it builds that relationship to the point where you're like, okay, like this, this, this seems, you know, legit. This seems like something I commit to. And then they come in and they meet me, they meet Zoe and they're like, all right, game on. And then it like sets the, you know, it sets the tone, just continues, you know, setting that expectation for people with the first phone call to then into the first visit and then going forward where, um, you know, it's just all about building trust. At the end of the day, if someone is willing to place um, something as personal as fitness, health, goals of that nature, um, which, you know, circles back to mental health as well, if you're willing to trust me with that, um, I want to talk to you first and I want to figure out the why. Um, if you're willing, again, to spend your time and money with me, I'm willing to spend my time freely, um, usually, um, with the first consultation of what can I do for you? Because also I'm not the, like going back to what we talked about earlier, I'm not the best fit for everyone. And mm -hmm. I know that, and I want to make sure I'm referring them if I'm not going to be it for them to the very, very best based on having a full like breadth of knowledge about them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, this, the whole idea that first phone call is like getting to make sure to make sure that they're a fit for, for you. Whereas, you know, maybe they have something going on where they need to go see an MD. Maybe they need to go see a massage therapist. Maybe, you know, like I said, they're not, you know, the right fit for us. Maybe they need to go to another PT and, and we can point them in, the, in those directions. So it's like uh, getting a chance to like listen to that person, instead of them show up and they're like, I'm here for pediatric physical therapy or, you know, like um, for Parkinson's disease. And really, we, we don't, you know, that's something that physical therapists do, but like that's something we specialize in. So it's like, uh, you know, let's, let's point them in a different direction. So, um, yeah, I think, I think getting to talk with people beforehand and start building that relationship from that first phone call, like just goes a long, long way. I agree. Um, all right. So we got a few minutes left here and, uh, I want to ask a couple more questions. So I did a, uh, a deep dive on your Instagram here. Oh, and no. uh, it was a really deep dive. I feel like this is when I was in my sorority and they were making sure we were clean, ready to go. What's your favorite Pitbull song? Oh, wow. Um, this is really hard. Um, International Love. Oh, that's a good one. Wow, it's so excellent. Um, and Timber with Kesha is also pretty good. My the half marathon, the one and only one I've ever done. Uh, it was ironically playing on the loudspeaker when I crossed the finish line. So, oh, you'll never forget it. My heart. My friend Amanda will tell you I was crying across the finish line, not out of pain, out of love for Mr. 305. For Mr. 305. I love it. I love it. Uh, I think my favorite is uh, Give Me Everything Tonight. Oh, I think that's, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Where does Kesha fall in your rankings of female pop stars? Um, well, for. Pretty high, I would say, like in the top five. It kind of fluctuates for me as someone who has to listen to a lot of music. Pretty high up. Praying is a good one, or uh, I don't even know. That's a really good one. I like to play the Kesha remix or the remix of Kesha's "Praying" in class a lot at the end of a nice tread block. Okay, it's perfect. <laughs> I think for me, I think Lady Gaga is number one. Oh yeah, 
Excellent. I think Lady Gaga is number one. I think Taylor Swift is number two, and then I think Kesha is number three. I think those are my I top three. I think for Kelly Clarkson too. I don't really. Oh. know. I think she's really excellent. Oh, Kelly, Kelly is great. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, what's the last book you've read or, or reading right now? The last book I read. Let me look at it. Um, actually, I reread this book frequently. It's called Bittersweet. And it's, okay. uh, it's it got a little bit of like a religious undertone to it, but it is just about finding the good in the bad, but also being okay when things are not so great. And I think that hits home right now. <laughs> I feel you on that. I feel you on that. I think I, I really like, you know, talking about something with like a little bit of religious undertone is uh, the power of positive thinking. Oh yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I love, I love that. And again, it's a, it goes back to like finding the good and like, all the shit exactly finding the good in the stuff that looks like pretty shitty what's the uh what's the last tv show you've watched this i feel like you're attacking me with this that i'm 15 years behind on gray's anatomy uh, but i'm pretty deep into it season six almost in the last month so if i ever tell you that i don't have time i think i'm probably lying to you um, oh hold on a second are you watching all of Grey's Anatomy it's like 18 years of tv yeah I'll, I'll see you in a couple months sir <laughs> how many episodes a night do you watch um usually usually it's in the middle of the day right because that's the kind of schedule I have I have to wake up so early that I okay. have to like phone away no screen before I go to bed all the stuff that every blogger on the internet tells you what to do right. uh, I usually listen and but I'll watch in the middle of the day, like in between sessions or clients, if I'm just trying to kill 44 minutes of my life. Um, it's pretty good. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I've, I was actually, I was just thinking about this the other day. Like that show's been on. Cause like sometimes you'll, you'll like start a show and you're like, it's just too many episodes, too many seasons. That's how I am. I, and like, I feel like Grey's Anatomy is the epitome of that where it's like 18 years of TV. I think I might be having like a quarter life crisis. Um, I don't know. Usually I like the very tacky non well kind of scripted i guess if you will like the the made for netflix baking shows oh yeah speak to me so sugar rush great one sugar rush all right excellent excellent tell me one good thing that's happened to you in the last week one good thing that's happened to me in the last week uh i think i'm looking at it right now my laptop back from the dead after nine actually probably more than that 12 maybe agonizing weeks of it being broken. Oh man. That was pretty bad. Also, yeah, I think that that and it's my my parents' dog's second birthday today. And hey. she, my mom is the happiest woman in the world. So is that is that Kevin? Is that is that your dog? So Kevin is my twins dog and oh. Doug is Doug. My dog. Doug, happy birthday, Doug. Thanks. I'll let him know. Yes, please. From from the whole <laughs> move the district family. Happy birthday. Will do. Um, Demi, if people want to find you, how can they connect? Well, have you ever heard of Slipstream on the corner? I'm just kidding. Uh, spent a lot of time at the coffee shop. But yes. uh, my Instagram, um, I have a, my personal Instagram that is, I guess, the more full-fledged one. Demi Yeager um, is my handle or my business, which is savage.training um, named after the maternal side of my family, the savages, greatest people you'll ever meet. The savages. Uh, or yeah, or my email is just, uh, you can probably include it in the write-up about this, but it's Demi A. Yeager at gmail.com. And if they want to take class with you, they want to take class with me, you can slide on into Orange Theory Navy Yard or my friends across the river at Orange Theory Boston. I spend a lot of time there. 5 a.m. You do not want to miss it, but you got pre-books. It's always full. Uh, yeah. Or looking for a trainer online or in person, let me know. You are taking on new clients. Um, I've, got, I've got a wait list for October. Ooh, we'll a wait list for October. We talking November? We talking twenty twenty one? What are we talking about? Yeah, talk about how committed you are. <laughs> All right, I like, I like that. All right, Demi, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, we'll definitely be talking soon. Awesome, thank you. 
Thank you so much for listening to Move the District today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Big League Performance and Rehab and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free, head over to bigleagueperformanceandrehab.com to learn more. Thanks, and until next time, keep moving, DC.